get the status quo. What? This is a sports coverage. Thank you, one and here. All right, all right, all right. Recorded from the heart of Northeast Mississippi, covering high school, college, and the pros. Jackson Finch, Peyton Taylor. This is Cousin Cast. What's going on, everybody? Hi, I'm Jackson Finch, and along with Peyton Taylor, we've got another episode of Cousin Cast coming at you today. Uh, Peyton, tell them what's going on, man. Well, Jackson, honestly, not too much to talk about. You know, obviously, we're all still waiting. A lot of uh, traction's been uh, made not in the right direction, I would say, about uh, college football or any football in terms. And, uh, you know, we can hit that just really quick before we get to the preview because we've got – you know, two fun teams to look out today in Auburn and Kentucky. But, uh, you know, the MHSAA ruled earlier today that they're going to start their season two weeks later, not just football, but in all fall sports. Uh, the SEC, they have postponed the start of cross-country soccer and volleyball until at least uh, September 1st, uh, which is around the same time football would be starting. So just buying themselves a little more time. And, of course, uh, the, Big, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have announced that they're going to a conference-only schedule. Yeah, but like we said before, we said it off air, um, the SEC, the ACC, and the uh, Big 12, they're the, the remaining three Power 5 conferences that have not released anything or going to, you know, conference-only or going into the spring. So if it involves any of those three conferences or even of the group of five, we're going to act like they're going to play. So that's what we're going to do today. But, Peyton, real quick before we start, you know, as we were entering the uh, podcast and I introduced you and you had like a like a big sigh. And I'm pretty sure I think that's how everybody feels right now when someone asks the question, you know, like, how have you been? What have you been doing? It just – it always starts with, well, you know, just like a big sigh. Of, yeah. I think he yeah, – around the nose there. I mean, yeah, it's uh, – the exasperation from just wanting some football back uh, and uh, just – I would say any, any form of normalcy is back. Yeah, I, I mean – also, uh, really tired. Worked my last day at Walmart tomorrow, and I'm just gassed. Uh, still a little gassed from uh, your uh, from Emily's wedding. I'm sure you're probably a little bit more gassed from that than I am. But uh, yeah, um, my sister and also Finch Collective, who made the uh, graphics for us, she recently got married, and that was a big that was a big deal this weekend. But we got that one through. And you're talking about your last day at Walmart. I'll go ahead and shout this out. Peyton is. Uh, making some big moves, you know, in his life, if you want to kind of uh, introduce what you're about to be heading into. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, I, you know, most of you know the, uh, who, I, uh, who I write for, John Ross Myers, uh, Mississippi, Mississippi Sports Network, uh, you know, Union County Sports. He, he has multiple websites, and we've talked about him in the past. And uh, like I said, I'm going to wait to post the write-ups a little bit closer in time to football so we know what we're having. But um, you can find all these episodes written out in a type form, not necessarily a transcript, but, you know, stats, our predictions, stuff like that. You'll be able to find that. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to be taking up, uh, like, a paid internship role for him. Really excited about it. Going to be pumping out more stuff for him than ever. So be on the lookout for that. And I appreciate it, Jackson. I'll shout you out. Jackson is officially now a uh, manager for the Mississippi State men's basketball team under Coach Ben Hallen. Uh, I don't know if you know, he made two Final Four appearances. Uh, three Final Four appearances. Three? Oh, my. I'm, I'm yeah. so sorry. Two in a row. Two in yeah, a row. Two in a row, yeah. He got three at UCLA, but I appreciate that, uh, Peyton. Me and you both kind of, you know, taking some steps up. And 
you know, going into the fall semester, which we hope that both are we're on campus. You never know with these times. We're going to try to keep this thing up as positive, you know, as regularly as we can. But, you know, once a week is probably not going to be something that we can be confident in saying. But like I just said, we're going to try to, you know, still put some content out when we can. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, depending on – especially on, you know, what we have with football. You know, if we have – if we're having, you know, football, even in a conference-only slate, I feel like especially during those weeks, you know, we'll be able to get out one episode a week. And uh, But, you know, um, you know, obviously if that breaks down, then we're back to the point of kind of how we were in May where we weren't putting out much to because, you know, we don't really have much to talk about. So we'll see. Um, and, and I think it's – I think it's the opportunity to go ahead and plug, you know, if you're not following our social medias now as a – a better time than ever to be following it because uh, we're not as regular as we were during, you know, the school year when we're doing one, maybe two a week, but having us on social media, following us, knowing when we're going to pump out episodes, but you know, is now is a better time than ever. Uh, absolutely. I, I, and I'll plug those real quick. Facebook, uh, our cousin cast page, Twitter at cast cousin and Instagram at cousin cast. You can find us there. And, uh, before we start with Kentucky, I'll finish, I'll go with a little bit of an, uh, a little bit of an anecdote. It, I found it pretty, uh, funny. We, so I went to Sunday after church, I went with a uh, friend to his, uh, his son's, uh, baseball game a tournament game he's in a championship game and they were up 5-1 they were playing really well all the way up to the sixth inning and then uh opposite team comes up in the top of the six with a six run rally and beats them seven to five and well I was obviously upset that you know uh, my friend's son didn't win the championship uh, you know these are like uh this is like 15 year olds playing baseball so I'm you know it's good baseball and uh one of them uh on the opposing team uh, hit a three-run homer over the left field fence to tie it up, and I was in my head thinking, inject this in my vein. This is what I've needed for the last four months. <laughs> yeah. I haven't, uh, I haven't got to go to any sporting event, you know, since, you know, March or February now that I'm thinking about it because I haven't been to any, like, travel ball or anything like that. So, crazy. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, but, um – with that, uh, we'll jump right into it, and uh, we, uh, as we get into Kentucky, and this is a team that, you know, they, last year, especially after, you know, two games in, they lose their, you know, they lose their star player in Terry Wilson. Uh, Wilson, you remember, he had a fantastic 2018 Um it really was a breakout star for that Kentucky team that just uh, overachieved by many people's standards. Uh, but, you know, then he goes down, uh, season-ending injury, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure almost everybody wrote Kentucky off, especially with how poor they looked actually in the Mississippi State game. Uh, and you remember that. State was in, that, in a bad downswing after that, too. That was after the Kansas State loss. And, uh, I mean, Kentucky just looked terrible in that game. And, but then they get Lynn Bowden, uh, Bowden Jr., a wide receiver at quarterback, basically say, all right, we're going to run – you know, we're going we're gonna to run the ball every play and let him throw it on third and long. And they found something that worked. I don't really know how to describe it, but, you know, they just found a recipe. And I guess that's a testament coach, to Coach Mark Stoops that, you know, and anybody that really watches football knows that Stoops is definitely in the top half of the league in coaches. Uh, Mark Stoops is an incredible football coach, and it really showed the job he was able to do with this Kentucky team uh, last year after losing Wilson. Yeah, and yeah, like you said, um, with Lynn Bowden Jr. Uh, going in, in under under center, he played quarterback in high school like uh, many athletes do. 
uh, you know, like receivers and running backs. A lot of those guys play quarterback in high school. But just the freak athlete that he was, they basically ran, I mean, just a, a wildcat set for the rest of the season. And like you said, Mark Stoops being the great coach that he is, he found a way to make it work and they ended up, you know, stringing together a couple wins late in the season to build some momentum going into this season. Oh, yeah. And um, you look at last year's um, – you look at last year's schedule and uh, trying to get it to pull up on uh, shoddy Wi-Fi is not always a fun thing. Um, I can, I can but, put it up right here, last year's schedule. Yeah, okay, I got it up now. You know, you, you lose uh, – you lose the you, – you win against Toledo and Eastern Michigan. The Michigan game is when uh, Wilson goes down. And then, uh, you know, you lose to Florida in a heartbreaker. Uh, you really think you have a shot at that one at home. Um, Mississippi State, like I said, look, don't, don't look great in that one. Then you lose to South Carolina, who you had kind of ruled over uh, the past three or four years. So, at two and three, I think that's about when everybody wrote them off. And then uh, Bowden has his, uh, his breakout game against um, Arkansas and rushes for 200 yards in that one. And then they lose to Georgia, as you'd expect. So, they're sitting at three and four. And then they beat Missouri, lose to Tennessee in a heartbreaker there, 17 to 13. And then they rattle off three at the end of the year and Vanderbilt, uh, Tennessee, Martin, and then a, a, a good Louisville team is, you know, not, not to rub it in. I don't think you're really that upset because you get the Pirate. But, you know, uh, <laughs> against the Louisville team that beat Mississippi State in the in Music City Bowl, so we know they're a capable football team, and they just rat, they just thrashed them 45-13. to 13. Yeah, and so they go after that game and beat Virginia Tech. So they stream together four out of their last five with a loss to Tennessee by less than four points. But, uh, uh, Peyton, you're talking about uh, Lynn Bowden when he got in there. I've got it pulled up right here. His uh, highest passing total in yardage was 104 against Vanderbilt. So, that tells you how much they threw the ball with Lynn Bowden behind center. And it also shows you win the last four out of the five, how that worked for him. Yeah, and no doubt. And, um, you know, Virginia Tech was a top 25 team, and they uh, all year pretty much a fringe team and beat them in the belt bowl. Uh, and – in the last uh, three games, UT Martin, Louisville, and Virginia Tech, uh, Terry Bowden, he eclipsed a unbelievable 86 passing yards. It was Lynn Bowden, Terry Wilson. Oh, my bad. Yeah, Lynn Bowden, yeah. He, uh, uh, he eclipsed a, a massive 86 passing yards in the last three games of the season. So, it really just showed Kentucky had something rolling uh and the crazy thing is about this Kentucky team, while they lose Bowden, he, he's now with the Raiders, they get Wilson back for his senior year. Yeah. So, speaking of that, going into his senior year, we're pull, I've got the 2020 schedule pulled up, and we'll just kind of skim through these games real quick. Um, uh, Eastern Michigan opened up with at home. We expect for them to win that one. And then they go on the road to Florida. So, they get arguably, if not the best team in the East, one of the top two teams in the East week two. So that's a rough way to start off your schedule. But then they have Kent State and South Carolina, both of those games at home. So looking at it right now, they have a chance to go uh, three and four early. I mean, take three out of their first four early. Yeah, three. Um, that's where I'd have them. It's three and one. Uh, losing at Florida, I think they're going. If of course you know, uh, assuming we're playing, we're, I think they're going to be really competitive in that one. Uh, you know, Kentucky over the last few years at Florida, it don't matter if it's been Mullen in his first two years or it's been uh, you know, obviously. Uh, can, Mullen was the uh, coach when Kentucky was able to end the streak. And uh, I, I'm sure you remember after Kentucky ended that 20-game losing streak, 20-plus game losing streak to Florida, 
you know, in Dan Mullen's first few games, Florida fans were saying the sky's falling. You know, uh, what what did we get ourselves into? Um, and, you know, so I think they're going to be really competitive, but I do think they'll drop that one. And so, like you said, 3-1, you head on the road at Auburn. And, again, that's a tough one. Uh, you know, just looking at it, Vanderbilt has a very tough schedule this year. Or not Vanderbilt, excuse yeah, me. Kentucky, Kentucky is a very yeah. Kentucky is a very tough schedule this year. Yeah, I mean, they're they're two they're two West teams or Mississippi State who they play every year and Auburn and so getting Auburn and Auburn's on the road that's definitely not I mean really any team in the West you don't want to play but at Auburn it's definitely one of the tougher places to play so that one's going to be a tough one to pull out but Peyton you look after that you have Eastern Illinois Vanderbilt and at Missouri all three winnable games so even if you drop Florida and Auburn you're starting out your first eight games six and two and that's I mean, yeah you're. Definitely you're bowl eligible. Spot to be in. No, and I'd have, I'd have them there as well. And you're bowl eligible at that point. And you have a bye week before a pivotal game uh, at Tennessee and a game that I would probably assume is going to decide third in the East. Um, if, and, uh, again, this is where I say it's tough because, you know, obviously, like you, you get Mississippi State at home and, you know, you know, across – you know, cross-division rivalry game, it's always tough. And then your West opponent, not only is it one of the tougher ones in Auburn, you get them on the road, and that's tough, obviously. And then out of the top three, Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee, you get Tennessee and Florida on the road and Georgia at home. So you're arguably getting the number two and number three on the road and number one coming to your house in terms of East ranking. So that's just tough. Uh, But honestly, I can see – I can see this going a lot of different ways. I see this going, you know, I see Kentucky going one and three in that final four stretch, or I see them going three and one, only losing to Georgia. And you could be looking at a nine and three season for Kentucky. It just depends on how this team is able to get it up. Uh, plus, you know, with Mississippi State, we'll see. And obviously with the Bulldogs, we'll get very in depth with them in a later episode. But uh, I think you can, even though Louisville looks really, uh, really good, especially in the bowl game last year, I think they pulled that one out. Um, assuming they play that one, uh, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say they go one and three, and I'm gonna say you end up uh, seven and five. But even still, not a bad season by any means. You're you're bowl eligible. You're probably going to the Music City Bowl, something like that, and that's not a bad uh, not a bad spot to be by any means. What do, what do you see for the Wildcats in that final four game stretch? Yeah, so in the final four game stretch, uh, you know, you said Tennessee and Georgia, the top arguably the top two teams in the East, along with Florida. And they get those late. If them starting out six and two would be pivotal to have a really good season, like they want. Look at the last four games are probably their hardest games that they have on the schedule, especially with um, going to Tennessee and going to Louisville being a rivalry game. Uh, get Mississippi State late in the season as a Bulldog fan. It's a little bit different. We usually play them early, but now we're playing them late. So that's a different, you know, just a different vibe for that game. And obviously, you get Georgia at home. It's going to be a tough place no matter where you play. Um, you said either one and three or three and one. I could see them going two and two, maybe with uh, a win, you know, at Tennessee and and uh, maybe at Mississippi State or just I don't see them winning the Georgia game, but I can see them taking any of those last three between Tennessee, Mississippi State, and Louisville. And I'm gonna say their ceiling is probably a nine and three record, and then somewhere along along seven and five or six and six being their floor. So. I, I can see this Kentucky team making a bowl, uh, bowl game, and I don't really see them making them any less. I think they'll be bowl eligible for sure. Yeah, no, I, I don't think either of us would really doubt that. That's just a really good uh, – that's just a really good spot, I think you would say, for this Kentucky team. Um, 
But now you you look at um, you look at Auburn, and as we look at Auburn, you know, let me because this was a very I would I think it's fair to say this Auburn team a very divisive team, and you know how last year went. What did you what 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 were your thoughts on the twenty nineteen Tigers? You know, Auburn's one of those teams where they're always going to get a preseason hype. They've got the name. They usually get you know top twenty five recruiting classes. They're going to get you know, a good, a good, um, I guess a good record, a good look from the media. But it's just one of those teams where it it usually lines up where they have one really good year every so three or four years. And I think last year was that year they had, a you know, an outstanding defense and a good enough offense. Bo Nix, and I know that you're not the biggest lover of Bo Nix. He was okay. He was good enough for that offense with the athletes that they have. Uh, but, um, you know, I just think Auburn last year was just a, a, like a middle to upper class team. They're kind of just right there in the middle around just a solid eight or nine win team. They didn't do anything special, but what they had was their defense. Their defense was really, really good, but their offense was just good enough. It was kind of the opposite of LSU. LSU was, you know, outstanding in, on offense and was good enough on defense. Auburn Tiger, to a lesser extent, were kind of the flip-flop of LSU. You know, you're not going to hear me say this much, but Auburn last year was a really good team. And, uh, you know, a lot of people can say, you know, they didn't live up to expectations. And unless, you know, Auburn, like Alabama or LSU or Oklahoma or Ohio State, if they don't win the national championship, it's not the year they won't. And, you know, you can't blame with the history that Auburn has. But, you know, you look and – Let's be honest, just to start with, and this is probably my, a little bit of my Auburn hate bias showing through. They should have lost that first game against Oregon. They came back and made the Braxton come back after Oregon went really passive in the fourth. They they struggled against Tulane, and uh, then I remember at that point saying, yeah, this Auburn team is not good at all. And they beat Kent State, but Big Wolf. And then they go on the road and beat A&M, 28-20. to Knicks only has 100 passing yards, nothing special, but they just get enough done. Then you come back, you beat Mississippi State at home, um, and then you go on the road, play Florida 24-13, to 13, um, and come back big Arkansas, and then that, that LSU game. At LSU, the eventual national champions, not only – we know – I don't even know if you could say arguably best college football offense of all time. Um, and they hold them to 23 points and nearly win that game on the road in Baton Rouge. By far the most impressive performance of the year for that Auburn team. Then they, they nearly get upset the next week against Ole Miss. And you look and you say, you know, wow, you know, Ole Miss was just 4-8. and eight. But as we know, especially being around here, Ole Miss was a lot better last year than their 4-8 and eight record gave them. Uh, obviously not a perfect team, but they a lot of games they shouldn't have given up and probably should have been bowl eligible, to be completely honest. And um, But, you know, Again, after losing a heartbreak at LSU, you can understand nearly having a slip up. You lose by seven against Georgia, and then you, you know, Sanford, and then the Alabama win, obviously. Too many men on the field for Saban's team. And then you lose uh, in the Outback Bowl to Minnesota against a really good Minnesota team. We know how that Minnesota team came on, especially at the end of last year, and made some big noise with P.J. Fleck. So you look at this team, and they are ten points away from winning the SEC. If you look at that complete, you know, because then you're, you know, then you your only loss is to Florida. Uh, 
but the other two completely winnable games. And, you know, so that – I don't think Bo Nix – and now I'll ask you, and I'll get to that and split it up a little bit, let you get some more in because I feel like I've been talking for a while now. You know, what's your thought on Bo Nix? Bo Nix, uh, you know, a highly recruited guy coming out of high school, and he definitely uh, definitely has the talent there. But it's kind of it's kind of just one of those things where, you know, last year he was a true freshman, so you have to give him that. But he never really did anything outstanding. He had two uh, passing games against Mississippi State, which they absolutely demolished, you know, the Bulldogs. And then against Ole Miss, the two Mississippi teams, he had over 300 passing yards. But all the other ones, I mean, we're looking at just right over 200 and into the 150s and 170s. So he didn't really pass it that well. Uh, he was the leading rusher twice, but we're talking about 42 yards and 56 yards. So, I mean, his numbers just weren't outstanding. But you can tell there was some talent there. Maybe if you give him some time that he'll become, you know, really good. He definitely has some talent around him at Auburn with the many athletes that they have. But it's kind of just like – I'm kind of thinking it's a younger Kellen Mond, if you see what I'm saying. Kellen Mond doesn't do anything spectacular, but he does, you know, just good enough. And same thing with Bo Nix last year. Now, that may not be the case this year. He might get, you know, vastly improved this year. But as of last year, 2019 Bo Nix, he was kind of just, you know, just good enough. An average, true uh, freshman quarterback. Didn't do anything great. Didn't do anything terrible either. Yeah, I mean – but Nick's last year was the uh, – he was the epitome of a game manager. Uh, you know, he didn't do anything special. You know, he threw for 300 yards against um, against uh, Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Big, big whoop. I think you could argue Mississippi State and Ole Miss had the two worst secondaries besides maybe Vanderbilt and Arkansas in the league last year. Um, you know, so, you know, obviously he's going to tear them up, especially at home. Um, but besides that, you look across the board – he didn't really have just a prolific passing game the rest of the time. Georgia, you could argue, you know, two, uh, 245 there. But uh, so Nix is a game manager, but I think you, to me, I don't think he, he has talent, but I don't know if he'll ever ascend past that. And, you know, Auburn, they've had the talent in past years with guys like Derek Brown, who got drafted uh, top 10 in the NFL draft, best SEC interior defensive lineman last year, and uh, multiple spots all over the field on offensive and defense. They've got playmakers. I don't even know if you need Knicks to be a game changer. You know, if he can be a game manager in, you know, three more years, you probably got a shot to pull out a, a, a champion, you know, a conference championship in there somewhere. I, I mean, you can kind of say that he's sort of like a like a lesser man or a poor man's version of Jake Fromm. I think Jake Fromm's a little bit better than him, but Jake Fromm was kind of that game manager that you were talking about, has all that talent around him, and he's just got to find a way to get him the ball. No, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, as we look at Auburn's uh, football, you know, their 2020 schedule, um, you have you have Alcorn State uh, to start off. Uh, you know, obviously, that's a win there for Auburn. Uh, North Carolina in Atlanta, and that's an interesting one to me. Um, you know, you get at Auburn, uh, who's, you know, they obviously, you know, with Knicks, he's now sophomore. This is the game to prove himself. We know North Carolina. They did a lot of good things last year. They beat South Carolina early in the season. They uh, nearly upset Clemson. Um, they, you know, this is a really good North Carolina team. Good coach in Matt Brown. That's a that's going to be a fun one. You know, I hope to goodness we get to play that game because that's going to be a fun football game. Then you get Ole Miss at home. Um, I think that's a trap game. Uh, you know, that's that's um, a game that even as a Rebel fan, I'll admit Auburn probably has the talent advantage, um, probably, definitely. 
But, you know, Kiffin and that group is obviously going to be looking to prove that, you know, the hype forward lane was real. Uh, there was, it was justified. And, you know, obviously coming off a neutral site game against North Carolina, you know, that could obviously, you know, that could be a game that, you know, Auburn has to fight for. Yeah, I can agree with you there. Um, so I'm agreeing with you both in the fact that North Carolina will be a really big game and really be a fun one to watch with Matt Brown and what he's doing there and bringing in the recruiting classes that he is. And then also I agree with you being a track game uh, at the opener at Ole Miss, especially, I will say, especially if uh, if the game is played, if Ole Miss beats Baylor and goes into that game 2-0, and it'll be a really, really big game. Um, and definitely the Ole Miss uh, faithful are going to want to try to prove that the lane train is real. And so that's a big game to open up the season. But so, I mean, if for the worst part of Auburn, they could be looking out starting uh, two and two in their first four games or four and oh. I mean, I don't really think um, I'm just saying like it could go either way uh, because the North Carolina and the Ole Miss games, those are going to be two tough games. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to put them in three and one, and I'm going to I'm gonna have them losing to Ole Miss. And this is not – you know, you'll see in my video you, you, when we get to Ole Miss, I'm not – you know, I'm going to do my absolute best to put, um, a, you know, my bias completely aside because I know this Auburn team is a lot more talented. Um, but you go on the road to Ole Miss, third game of the season, obviously you don't have everything figured out yet. Uh, I've, I've said consistently, and again, this might be a little – Ole Miss bias. I think that Lane and the Rebels are they're gonna they're gonna surprise somebody. They're gonna pull one upset this year, and this seems like the most prime candidate for them to do it on. You, I don't see how they upset Bama. You know, LSU could be an option. You know, pretty much rebuilding their entire offense. Um, Florida coming into town could be, but I just feel like this Auburn game early in the season, uh, possibly off a tough game against North Carolina or even a loss against North Carolina. This is a prime opportunity to get it, you know, for Ole Miss and them to pull an upset. So I'm going to have Auburn at three. And so going in after Southern Mississippi, um, they play Kentucky, which we've already talked about, and I'm going to have them with the win there. And then you've yeah, same here. at Georgia, at home versus Texas A, at him, and then at Starkville for Mississippi State. That's a tough three game stretch there. Oh, yeah, that's a tough three game stretch. And anytime you get, you know, a home game against a good conference opponent, sandwich in between two, you know, road games against conference opponents, don't matter if they're, you know, good, subpar, whatever, you know, that's tough. You know, but that as is life in the SEC. Luckily, they get a bye week between Texas A&M and Mississippi State. Uh, I think they drop the the Georgia game. Uh, so I think at that point, you're sitting at uh, four and two, and then I'll have them winning A&M. Uh, so you're at five and two going into your off week. And then um, – and I'll ask you about that before we get into the Mississippi State game. What do you have Georgia and Texas A&M doing? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna be in the same with you there. I'm going to say they go 3-1 to start the, four, the first four and then beat Kentucky and beat – I mean, they're going to have to beat Texas A&M if they want any type of a season up to their standards. To win that game between two uh, road games in the SEC, I mean, they're going to have to win Texas A&M. So, I'm going to go ahead and give it to them. Auburn – Auburn and A&M are kind of on the same level talent-wise. You see a lot of people say, well, you know, there's Alabama and SEC West, and then LSU, Auburn, and A&M are kind of all on the same playing field. So I'm going to give them that win at home. Um, I was going to ask you, what did you have for that first four-game stretch? I didn't hear you say – I, I agree with you at 3-1, but I'm not going to – I'm going to say they lose either North Carolina or Ole Miss. I'm not too sure which one they lose, but 3-1 yeah. there. I, I, yeah, I can – 
And then you go at to Mississippi State. Um, and I'm going to touch on this topic a little bit more later. I think if we if we play, you know, 12 non-conference games like is the plan, I think the Bulldogs are going to be a real team to deal with. I really do. But, um, you know, if we don't, if we're only playing conference, we're jumping right into conference. Even with a great transfer quarterback, KJ Costello, I don't know how, uh, you know, how well Leach is going to quickly be able to, you know, get his guys adjusted to his offense. And, and honestly, I'll go back and say it's the same for Ole Miss. Not necessarily in how I feel about a team, but that game itself. You know, if Auburn, if Ole Miss gets the chance to play Baylor and you know their second opponent then, um, you know, I think that's a very winnable game for Ole Miss. If not, and that's their first game of the season, I'm not too sure about that one. But um, I'm going to say this. If we're playing conference-only games, I'm going to give it to Auburn. But if we're not, and, again, I'll touch on this in the Mississippi State uh, episode, if we play all 12 games, I'm giving that one to the Bulldogs at home because I'm really going to like that Bulldog team. Uh, I definitely think Mississippi State, uh, like you said, with if we play the non-conference games and we've got a good bit of games under our belt, I I definitely feel like we have a good chance of winning that game with it being at home. But I think the main thing it's going to come down to is they, you know, Leach has said himself that you know installing the offense is not that difficult. It's the repetitive. And so if we um play the conference games and have more reps to get you know really master the offense, it'll obviously be a lot better for us. But like you said, if it goes just conference games and we've only played you know, three or four games by then, it makes everything so much differently. But looking at it with non-conference games included, I really like Mississippi State in that one. Um, I think kind of like you, and I guess that I guess this is just kind of from a bias standpoint, but I really do think that we're going to be a little bit better than people say we are because, I mean, obviously ESPN ranked us at um, only winning four games and win more than four games. But like you said, we'll, we'll hit on Ole Miss and Mississippi State a lot more in depth. But just for right now, I'm going to give Mississippi State that win. And so I had them at, um, I guess that would be five and three going into this point. Yeah. And then um, I'm going to say this, you get Arkansas, UMass, LSU. I'm going to say they run the table there. Um, they go heading up to the Alabama game, Arkansas and UMass, obviously there's going to be wins at home. And then LSU, you know, this is their 11th game of the season. LSU is going to have a lot more figured out than what they do right now. But I do think it's still going to be tough to replace. I mean, because you're replacing almost every piece of offensive talent you had besides Jamar Chase. Now, who is still the best receiver in the country, best returning receiver in the country, no doubt about it. But I, I just like Auburn a little bit more in that game, especially at home. I think Auburn's a little bit more uh, – a little bit more – definitely more experienced on the offensive side of the ball. I think they're able to win that one at home and bring themselves to 8-3 and three heading into the Alabama game. I can see that too. Uh, they're going to beat Arkansas. They're going to beat UMass. LSU at home is great. Having it late in the season is a little bit, uh, you know, like you said, LSU's going to have some stuff figured out. And having Jamar Chase is great. But, I mean, are they going to have somebody to throw it to them? Are they going to have some people to block for the quarterback to throw it to them? There's a lot of moving pieces that they're going to have to figure out. And by then, they should have figured out. But, I mean, I would not be surprised if Auburn wins all three of those home games going into Alabama. Uh, and then you move into the Iron Bowl. And um, at Alabama, you know, Auburn, you know, they always, especially um, at Jordan-Hare, they do magical things against Alabama at Jordan-Hare. Um, but it being in Tuscaloosa, and Saban ain't going to lose to Auburn two times in a row. Um, you, the quarterback position isn't for sure, but we do know whatever it is that either they either have a four-star Mac Jones or five-star Bryce Young behind center. Uh, you got Najee Harris, who's uh, possibly 
you know, you could argue him or Kylan Hill for the SEC's best returning back. Um, and you have, uh, you know, um, you have uh, the, uh, the name is uh, Devontae Smith, a uh, receiver who obviously had five receiving touchdowns against Ole Miss and just a fantastic receiver. He's going to be stepping in that one slot. Alabama's got a lot of offensive return, talent returning, just as they'll always have a lot of defensive talent, especially on the line. I like Alabama in that game, especially at home. Yeah, I like Alabama too. They're, I think they're probably, you know, every year they're predicted to win the West, but I do think they have a, uh, they do have a really good chance of winning the West this year with LSU losing a little bit, not a little bit, but a lot of talent on offense and Auburn and Texas A&M, you know, just not being as talented as Alabama. And I don't think Coach Nick Saban is going to let Alabama lose the iron, lose the Iron Bowl twice, especially at uh, Bryant Denny. So I have Alabama winning that game for sure, and rounding at Auburn at a nine and three season, which I think is, you know, with the team and with the talent that they're losing on defense, is a pretty good record for them. Yeah, I've got them at eight and four, and uh, you know, obviously they could very well be nine and three because I had them losing the game at Ole Miss. That's a game they could very easily win. Uh, they could be ten and two. They could very easily win that Mississippi State game. And let's be honest, they could be eleven and one, and they could very easily win at Georgia because this is a talented Auburn team. Uh, especially Georgia, you know, they're going to have Jamie Newman uh, transfer from Wake Forest behind center. But obviously, he's still going to have an adjustment to make after losing Fromm, and so is the offense after losing DeAndre Swift as well. They're going to have to have somebody step up. This is a game I could very easily see them losing. This Auburn is going to be talented. Um, I just – I do think this is one of those, uh, you know, like we said, Auburn has a really good years where they have an extremely talented team. And I, I really do hate it for the fan base as much as I dislike Auburn that last year was that year they just played in an all-time – they played an all-time tough schedule. Um, and, you know, it, it got – it just – it was a little too much for them. But last year was that team that was in past years uh, talented enough to go win the national championship. Um, but, yeah, you know, uh, say that I'm, I'm agree with you there. You know, like I said uh, already, Auburn's just one of those teams that has a really good year and then they're – you know, a really good year out of like a strand of three or four years. And I'm agreeing with you with, with that being last year. They had the, the last year was that year, even though they won nine games. So I'm thinking nine games is their max this year. I think they're going to take a step down. But then again, with the talent that they have, they could easily go 11 and one, like you said. But last year being the year, which I think was there, you know, one out of three years where they're really, really good, I think they'll take a step down this year. Yeah, I'm the same way. But uh, with that, you know, that's going to about round it up. And, uh, Jackson, I, I think this was a really good episode. Uh, two fun teams to talk about, even though I dislike Auburn. Uh, this, You know, these are two teams that, uh, especially with Mark Stoops, Kentucky, and then, like we said, you know, Auburn's always, you know, unpredictable. We always know they're going to be good, but we don't know how good. These are two teams that are really fun to try to predict and talk about. Yeah, Auburn, you said you, how you dislike Auburn. Auburn's really one of those teams, you either like them or you don't. There's no in-between, really. I've never really – unless you're an Auburn fan, I mean, you know, uh, Alabama people don't like them, obviously. Ole Miss and State fans don't like them. It's just – Auburn's just one of those teams that always gets on your nerves or always gets on my nerves. I mean, uh, scam cam, you know? Scam cam, obviously. Oh, man. But, yeah, um, Jackson, you got anything else to add before we wrap this one up? You know, I'm trying to think. Yeah. We talked about, the, you know, the high school and moving it back two weeks. Um, we had a couple a couple NFL notable signings today. Chris Jones signed a, a big yes. with the extension with the Chiefs, and so did uh, Miles Garrett signed a big extension with the Browns as well. Yeah, uh, Jones becoming the 
highest paid uh, or second highest paid defensive tackle in the league behind Aaron Donald, and I believe Miles Garris becomes the highest paid defensive end of the league. So we're recording this, uh, you know, the 14th Tuesday night. I know, I think tomorrow is the deadline, so there might be even some more big, uh, big contracts come out tomorrow. Uh, you know, after we record this, but I, uh, you know, besides that, MLB starts back. I want to say like the end of next week is fun, and NBA, most NBA teams are in the bubble in Orlando, and they'll start back uh, at the end of this month in July 31st. Yeah, I mean we're we're getting you know we're getting something back, uh, and uh, July 23rd is when the MLB will start playing uh, real games. Yeah, so that's that's next week, the end of next week. But uh, yeah, um, with that, uh, Jackson. Uh, Obviously, a great episode. But, uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, we appreciate you and the support you have for us. We hope you enjoyed it. We're going to uh, keep knocking it out. Uh, you know, who, who are we talking about next week, Jackson? Uh, let me pull up the schedule uh, real quick. I'm not too sure. I think – I want to say it's a West uh, – a, I think it might have been a and I think it is, so I'm pulling it up right here. Give me one second. Sorry, you caught me off guard here. Yeah, I meant to ask you about it earlier to get it ahead. Okay. Uh, Texas A&M next week. Yeah, well, uh, quite the memory. But, yeah, uh, make sure you tune in for the Aggies next week. Uh, that one's going to be a fun one to talk about before Jackson Finch. I'm Peyton Taylor. Thank you for listening, as always, and have a blessed day.